Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Floor is rising. I am Sabertooth, and with me is Kizu. I'm a professional NFT collector, and Kizu is a professional art critic. On this podcast, we talk deeply about the business of creating, collecting, and analyzing NFTs. So if you are a creator or collector of NFTs, or you want to be, jump in. The water's warm. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Floyd's Rising. Today, we have a special guest with us, A.L. Krieger. He is self-taught digital artist. He does generative art, photography, video, poetry, looping gifs. He does all sorts of things. He's been doing it for a very long time um, on many, many platforms, including Hikek Nunk, Maker's Place, Super Rare, Ephemera. Welcome, A.L., to the show. Thanks for, for having me, for an invitation. It's always a pleasure sharing the, the thoughts about this kind of new era we're living on. It's, it's nice and exciting. Absolutely. Ayo, tell us, how did you first uh, get into NFTs? For me, it was, it's not new. Actually, it's more not, uh, like a natural step because I was focusing in, the, in this kind of art, not only digital art, but let's say about online art because digital art was made since the 60s and nothing new about that. But for me, it was when I understood about 2014, more than less, that the, the new art is online art. Nowadays, we call it NFT art or crypto art. But for me, the internet is the canvas was my 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 word. When I, I approached blockchain, was more for not for selling it, but for protecting it. But it was useless because by, by back, and, back then in the 2014, it was a really new technology and nobody was about that. So I keep working on the on on the same mood using internet as a canvas and since and it was about the end of 2018 when I I started to dig on this and then at the beginning of 2019 uh, Makers Place contacted me to to join their new roast of of artists to take on so I I started there because I'm not a, a programmer I'm not an expert of of the blockchain in terms of coding and so on. I am more in the, in the side of art. So I joined them first and make a space, but it wasn't until I entered Twitter, let's say, that I really connect with the space because crypto art, let's say that is useless if you are not into Twitter. It's not useless, but you have to be on, on the center, on the epicenter of, the, of all this movement. And one thing you said is not true because I, I not true, I mean, is I don't do a generative art. Maybe my work in, in Higek Note looks like generative art, but it's not. It's everything done by hand, uh, frame by frame. And so uh, this is it's been quite funny this past month because people say that my work is generative despite I explain it every every day. But I understand this happening because nowadays everything is quite mixed and people is not uh, really understanding what is a present and what is a, a gang and what is a generative art and what is... Even people is asking me nowadays, 34 years after GIF art was born, people keep me ask, asking me, what is a GIF? Because people, for people, GIF is just a form and let's say an output format as a box. And for me, it's a whole format for art. And so this is the, the point I focus as NFT because uh, GIF, GIF is, is the only image format that was born for I, um, by the web. So I always feel that uh, GIF is quite uh, displaced in the, in the scene, despite being the the only, uh, let's say, native format of internet. So I think that this is the, between 2014 and now is my path about, let's say, blockchain. And since uh, late 2018 and 19 is when I really went deeply and started to build relationships with other artists and galleries and 
So for me, I always say it's a natural step. It's nothing new. It's something I was waiting for. And this is the reason I don't understand sometimes why some people are called OGs or news when they started one year ago or two years ago. I've been doing this for 10. So uh, yes, natural step for me, crypto art, nothing new. Who do you think is underrated in uh, in the NFT world from an like artist uh, perspective? I can say that everybody who was in Tumblr days and nowadays are not in the in the front because we, they were doing that. I mean, PS Lysis, uh, Kismograph, Glitch Black, Etienne Jacob. I, I don't know. But, uh, it's shocking to me because when we are, when I started in crypto art, I hope having this respect I was fighting for for a lot of years. And when I started in crypto art Twitter. People started to say to me, no, this is a marathon. And I was thinking, what a marathon? I was doing this 10 years. Uh, and people is calling me emergent. And a lot of people from Tumblr that were doing this since much before they named this crypto art, we were doing this. And now I, it's really harmful when I see people calling PS Lysis emergent or when I see people calling Keith Mograth emergent. No, no, no. People who is calling emergent, these guys are the emergents because we were here much before they arrived. And now it's really... really Wait when a, a collector approached me and oh, you're emergent. I say, no, no, you are the emergent. You are now uh, here for a year. I, I was here for 10. But the fact that I never use social networks make people understand that I, I didn't exist. But at the same time, I was looking from outside networks how people was using my work. Even some of these use my work in the past. They won't say it, but I, I saw it and I have documented it, of course. So for me, the underrated are the ones who started this. Because I didn't see Pack in Tumblr back in the days. I didn't see Trevor Jones back in, uh, there in the days. I didn't see Render, uh, Render there back in the days. No. When I started uh, crypto art, for me, the most shocking thing was, what is this guy? What, who is Pack? I never listened about him. And I was working in digital art for 10 years around the world with a lot of people and a lot of DJs and a lot of festivals. I never heard about them. So when I started in crypto art, I quickly understood that some artists were there since they are OG because they started there by chance. And some of them, I know they, they didn't arrive crypto art by, by their own because I study and I do my, my investigations. And sometimes I speak with them directly. Hey, how do you write that? So the underrated are the ones who started this movement not the crypto art, not the NFT site, but the digital art site focus on the on the on the web. I always say that if collectors want to know who were the real OGs of this, they just have to go to Tumblr and Giphy, check from 2010 and from 2015, and they are all there. It's curious that from these years is when people uh, get their head inside Instagram and Facebook. So it's not this is not my opinion. This is a study for people. Uh, internet was Instagram. And they were focused only on in a box of the web. Meanwhile, we were out of all, the whole web, not focusing only on, on the box of Twitter, of Instagram. And now it's happened again. Is People from Instagram is jumping directly into Twitter and they are omitting the whole web. I usually say that crypto art is a very small room in the whole museum of the internet. And this is causing a lot of pain for other artists as, as me that we are being called emergent when we started this uh, much before this started. Uh, this is, a, is a, and it's not only my feeling, it's a lot of people that I was, I was I having contact with them for 10 years, they are feeling the same. I, I don't name them in my Twitter. I don't say, hey, this guy feels the same. I, I just use my voice. I don't want to speak in, in other people's voice, but I know this is happening. And I also know that the, these OGs, when they see our work, they think because the, the quality about technique, about um, aesthetics, about uh, philosophical proposal, 
is empty in, in most of them. So for me, the, the, the underrated are always the, the best ones. But people used to think that the most famous are the best. This is false in any area. The most famous guy in YouTube is Justin Bieber, for example. He's not the best musician, of course. The best artist nowadays, the most famous is Vansky. He's not the best artist ever, of course. I don't like Vansky, actually. I, I prefer Vansky what he writes rather than he paints. And this is the shift. This is the things that have to change. The using Stop, stop using... Uh, decentralized, uh, let's say, hyper-centralized codes like followers and views, uh, not using these codes inside crypto art because we are repeating patterns. We are uh, we decentralized to recentralize because I am feeling that. I feeling that we started decentralization to finally uh, finish in a hyper-centralized platforms that, for example, I am in super rare, but they never support me in a way. They never retweet my work. They never support. They never invite me to the to their exhibitions. And I see their exhibitions that they are always the same people, the same 10, 15 people. And they go, oh, this is our OGs. This is the pioneers. And some of these pioneers that they are doing these exhibitions from SuperRare, they are writing me. Like, how do you do this work? People selling for 30 Ethereum. They are writing me. And this is the reason I closed the DMs uh, last week, because I was really tired of people doing millions uh, asking me to 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 look their videos i mean while i am waiting to to surpass my three ethereum limit <laughs> it's quite uh, it's ironic let's say and it's normal because people from crypto art uh, they were into money and then they find the nft and they find a way to make profit so it's it's not good to hear rich people listening about art they have to speak about money uh, to speak about art we are the artists I think it's happening the opposite in the crypto art because I see a lot of people, a lot of artists asking collectors about art and a lot of collectors asking about money to artists. And it's the opposite. If you want to know about money, ask collectors, uh, ask investors. If you want to know about art, ask the artist. And this is uh, quite dishonest. And I know because every day I receive emails and DMs until some days ago. Uh, even some big collectors asking me, oh, what do you think about this, the art of this guy? But then they don't buy my work. They ask my for my knowledge, but they don't buy my work. And I don't know. I, I know why. Maybe my speech doesn't fit with the big voices speech because <laughs> I know why too. And I, I can't shut up because I was, this is my work since 10 years ago and they are the news. And they it's like they want to teach me how to do my work. It's normal. This is, uh, this is having born. It's a lot of noise, a lot of dust. And I hope, and I already see this past year, that with time people start to understand what is going on and, and who is who. I, I have faith, of course, in the future. I, I didn't work these past years. What I was doing these past 10 years was, wasn't for the past, was for today. And for me, it was really frustrating when I started in Twitter and, and people start me to call emerging artists, despite they were using my work on their, on their Twitter, but they didn't know me. They know my work, and this is I was uh, provoked. I never, I'm not anonymous, but I I never show myself on in the internet, and I did this because when I started in Tumblr, I was really aware about privacy, so I choose my real name as my my alias. El Craig was my real name, Adrián López Craig. So when people want to look me, they find my work. You understand? So I I, I managed to use my real name as a disguise of myself. Because nobody calls me Adrian in my real life. I have another name, but people who knows me call me for another name. But I have friends that show my work uh, to me. Ah, oh, look, this guy is doing what you do. Ah, uh, yes, it's me. <laughs> because some of my friends don't know my real name. So I, I, I'm using this 
side of privacy as a as a way of fighting back this kind of uh, crazy times we are living that we are feeding the most multimillionary companies with our data that they sell uh, to three companies and Facebook is millionaire for their data, not for more. So I was always really aware of, of this and I never wanted to take part. At the same time, people was uh, sharing my work in, in Facebook, Instagram, all these past years. So it's a way I had to, to know if my work transcends. I never promote my work. I never did nothing. So when I when I, I, I upload something in Tumblr and next day it has 3 million in Facebook, I think, okay, maybe I am doing something right because with zero promotion, zero zero support from nobody, my work is, is, is flying on the web. I call this the digital winds. <laughs> it's a, a concept I uh, parallel with the street because internet is like the streets. In the internet, you have different streets, different uh, squares, different places. For example, if you go to the street and you, and you throw some prints, if people like them, they will take them and they will share on the web. Nowadays, it's the same. I, I put my work on Tumblr. If people like it, they took it. Let's, let's say still, but I, I am okay with this. And they post in their Instagram and their Facebook, so I didn't have to do it. And at the same time, it's, it was a way to know if my work was transcending. So nowadays, I have about, I don't know, six, five or six millions of views each week on my Giphy, just in my Giphy. And I use this as a pulse of my work. People is watching my work every week, millions of times. At the same time, I see the numbers inside crypto art of the OGs. And it's not like this. It's just a few thousand, not millions. And this is the, the dissonance I constantly feeling because it's not the people is measuring, people is looking a puddle and I am trying to look in the in an ocean, these different points of view, I think. But I am inside of it, of course. I noticed, you know, scrolling through your work that you coined the term giftalism and you yeah. said that it's the same as pointillism, but using the pixel instead of the dot and in eternal, eternal movement, right? So both of these references obviously go back to painting, internet as canvas, and then this, this kind of like uh, comparing this with uh, kind of a post-impressionist French movement. It strikes me as someone who's very aware and also like paying homage to traditional painting. And uh, I'm wondering if, you know, if, if that's how you think of your work in terms of a continuation of such movements. For me, it's a, it's a clear continuation of, I always say also that, uh, always that uh, my, understand my gifts as motion paintings, not a, as a step of videos. There are different concepts because uh, my work is, is not uh, like a video. I see it closer to a motion painting. And, and I was thinking all these this years about the Kandinsky dot playing and uh, dot uh, straight and playing and this kind of uh, theories uh, of traditional art. And this wall was, uh, was based in the in the single element of painting. Let's say is the dot. But nowadays we this, the single the most single element for digital art is a square. It's a pixel. So it's not a dot. We, this is the for me a break. Because instead of being a dot from this kind of signac and this kind of pontillism artist, nowadays we use the pixel. So I, I always say another thing that every art uh, digital is pixel art. And now we have to change the name of pixel art to maybe uh, pixelated art or big pixel art because every every kind of 3D art is pixel art. And I, I stumble upon, I invent this concept of giftigism because if we say gift, it implies pixel, it's not point because it's a square. And, and the, the gifted is about using gift, using only the, because all these works I am doing, uh, 
uh, both the visual massage and the and all the works in thicker nut that are the hypnotic machines and digital totems are done only using what uh, white pixel. Let's say that the the grays and the whites are just created by by the density of of this white pixel. But uh, I don't use grays; it's just white. Let's say that is a conclusion of this past ten years working with GIF and dissecting in and. I always love to dissect the stuff to look how how is from inside. And with GIF, I am finishing, let's say, finishing this path. Not all my my whole career. This path about undressing GIF to see how it works from inside. And and the black and white and and GIF TGs, let's say, is also due for technical reasons because the less colors you have in a GIF, the bigger you can do them because if not, they are too big. And this is another point people ask me a lot that my GIFs are really small in size, but really big in pixels. And this is the, it's related with the giftigism and the, how we understand this kind of format that I, I still think that for most people is a minor format. And I understood it because it was born, as I always say, prostitute, only used for memes and for funny things. Mm-hmm. But the same happened, the same happened with comics. With cartoons, the name cartoon came from the the cartoon of of milk that uh, was served a hundred years ago. And in in these cartoons, there were comics that at first were for funny, ironic things or political. But nowadays, we all know that Alan Moore's comics are considered highest points of literature. So for me, the the, the tragedy of GIF art is is happening the same, but we needed this blockchain to make it real because before blockchain, GIFs, Let's say that we're in a in a free landscape with no kind of of uh, domestication, <laughs> and now with the with the blockchain, I I found the ecosystem I was looking for my creatures. You mentioned that obviously the I guess the the significance or the uh, the power of the pixel does depend on the format, whether it's uh, analog or digital. The best example there maybe is this year, as you well know, uh, Murat Pak sold a single pixel at Sotheby's for yeah. $4.5 million. So when I see this kind of works from Pak, I, I got several surprise because it's something that was has been done since many, many years. What happens that many people in, the, in digital art is now entering art and they don't know nothing about art. They know about Twitter, Instagram and this kind of thing. So when you start to study history of art, you will find a lot of people who is doing exactly the same as the traditional art before, but so for me, when I saw the the, the pig, I understand the, this piece. I respect it. I, I don't like too much pack because for me it's really repetitive in terms of aesthetics. But I love his ideas more, more the concepts of, but not the pieces. So I actually did the same piece many years ago, pack uh, before pack, and it was the same. But it's a gift. It's a gift that I, I call it a statement. And it's a, a white square with a circle, black circle in the middle, but it's a, a long GIF, it's a 12 uh, seconds GIF that slowly turns into a square. So uh, this is a, a way I had to explain that the circle that we was previously speaking becomes the pixel. This, for me, this is just the this, this change of shape from circle to square is the shift uh, between traditional and, and, and digital art. And I understand that what Pak is doing and the Los Poes project is, is nice. But this is for me, it's not innovative. It's saying the same again. So for me, when I, I when I speak a lot of about GIF, for me, the GIF is the is a real shift in, in kinds of art because it was never used as a, as a kind of art. Uh, we all see pictures and videos. There is nothing new for me in video. Uh, I, I started focusing on GIF when I realized that. When once I, I was maybe watching a film from Pixar, and I think from my from me, I, I can't do that. This is the top. This is perfect. I have nothing to do here. I have to look for another format where people is not doing nothing. 
And of course, there were people doing GIF art and blah, 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 but not focusing strictly in GIF art. Actually, most, a lot of people that was doing GIF art uh, when I started, nowadays they change for the video. And I think it's because collectors prefer video because it looks better, but you are um, killing the perfect loop. People is using sound with no sense just to feel the soundtrack. I, I always say that GIFs are silence because GIFs are loops. And I, I always do them in a perfect loop. So uh, you, I generate this, this uh, I call the visual mantra. It's like the oral mantras of the Tibetanians chants, but in a GIF, it's a visual mantra. So for me, I, I still stick to my guns when I say that GIF is the most uh, newest format. And in terms of years, it is. Because uh, we have been doing photographs for 200 years. We have been doing video for 100 years. But GIF was born 34 years ago already. And never take land, take off, because we didn't have good screens or good connections to internet. Back in 2010, 2015, these five years, were the explosion of the, of the technology and 3G and good, uh, good connection internet. So it was perfect for me to, to start doing this because people were doing a lot of pictures and then they suddenly jump in, into 4K video and 8K video and blah, blah, blah video. I thought we are missing something here in this quick jump of technology. And I found the GIF and I said, okay, this format is not being used more for funny things. That is good. It's part of popular culture in the same way that GPGs are used for memes and videos are used for funny things too. So I proposed uh, more than 10 years ago to clean uh, GIF format. And um, still nowadays is the same. When I, I explain to my friends or some somebody new I meet in the street that I do GIFs. Let me go deeper, I guess, into sure. uh, into the whole GIF format because I think uh, you've said in previous interviews that you know one of the powers of the GIF format is the is the loop, right? Is the is the repetition sure. of, of the loop? Sure. There's kind of both philosophy and also sort of psychology behind um, some of the pieces that that you do. Can can you I guess share with us like how do you view that GIF loop and the format and how do you use this in your pieces and, and why do you think that you're able to do more with it than both, I think, still sort of images and, and also videos? Like, sure. what do you think is that defining advantage, I guess, or characteristic? We the humans, we think in GIF, if you realize your memories are GIFs, are not videos, are not an AV point history. If you have a memory for a concert, you don't have the AB concert in your mind. You have a specific points in maybe when you fall and when your friend calls you or when your singer makes something. And this is the reason why I defend that GIF is the most human format because we don't think in picture either. We don't think still. So uh, I started my, my, my work in art since I was younger but with photography and I tried ton of techniques and time lapse and, and stop motion and HDR, panoramic and this kind of, of techniques. But I always feel like I was limited about the narrative yeah, unless you are a really good photographer, for example, as uh, Cartier-Bresson for me is the is the photographer of the motion because despite there is no motion in his photos, there is motion in, this, in his photos because he has a lot of a really cinetic eye. And this is the reason I don't like when people is nowadays is touring their pictures into GIFs with a poor animation just for the, for the shake. I don't like that. Uh, they are killing the, the picture that was perfect and they are killing the animation because they don't have the skills to animate and they are using poor um, uh, phone apps. I call this the auto-tune of GIFs. Because it's really, I am saying this since 2014, but for me, it was crazy when I entered crypto art and people were saying that this was really new 
and it's not new because I saw that it in, in Tumblr in 2014. Everybody can see it. I study a lot of history of art because it's the story, let's say, of lies, not lies, and maybe the, the dissonant things that we usually admire people for other people saying. But when you start to study, you discover that. Uh, I don't know uh, that Dali uh, didn't paint all his works. Uh, that Gala was the the, the the girl behind him. You discover that Oteiza was st stolen by Chigida. You discover a lot of, of lies that are new for the the memory that was always protected by institutions and rich people. And this is the for me the shift with crypto art that now we can have the real pulse of the web of the world of our work. It doesn't matter that a rich guy buys a piece for eight millions, if then nobody sees, is what is happening for me. I see a lot of people selling their work for millions, but I don't know their work. Nobody knows their work. People just know that it was sold for eight millions. This in 10 years will be forgotten. At the same time, we all we all know that Edgar Allan Poe sold his first poem, The Raven, for $1. Nowadays is priceless. You can't um, know the value of this poem. Why? Because in this con in the past contest, people didn't understood it. But time is what gives uh, art value, not money. And this is the, the reason I, I stick on, on this because you have people have to have in mind that the history of photography is great written, the history of painting is written, the history of video is written, but the history of GIF art is not having even started. So this is the point I I, I use GIF as a let's say a, as a mechanism so psychological tool. And I must say that when I started uh, do GIFs was for a psychological reason. It was back in 2014, the GIFs were not very usual in the webs. You have to click them to see them. Were not automatically uh, running. So I, I was reading a book about anthropology and they explained one thing I, I found very curious is that in the, in the savannah, uh, when we were really old humans, everything was still in the savannah. But if you see one second a panther, you, your eyes will go, will see it. So I tried to do the same in the web, in a web that was everything still, pictures and, and, and text. If you see a GIF, your eyes go there directly. So uh, this is the, the kind of tricks I try to use to grab attention and even more because nowadays, in, in this is a quote I, I wrote in 2014, but it's still present, is that in a world that almost everything digital is free, what has value is what uh, calls your attention. And I think GIF is the, a way to call your attention because it's moving. And if it's perfect loop, your brain doesn't detect the A, B point. So it becomes seamless and becomes some, something quite hypnotic because you don't know when it starts and when it ends. Hey, Al, uh, I, I want to delve a bit into the tools that you're, you're using. I think in, um, in some of the tweets that you've, you've made about your, your process, um, you talked about you know, the tools that you're currently using being sort of Photoshop and After Effects. Can you talk us a bit through, I guess, what the tools were like when you when you started um, sort of making gifs um, in your in your sort of art career and and how that's kind of changed over the years and and, and sort of what are the tools that you're using like right now to, to make your art? I, I use Photoshop uh, since I am 50 years old. I use After Effects since my 20, and I started mix these two programs in 20, when I was 22, 23. And uh, nowadays are the same. Uh, maybe uh, in distant years I, it, the technique was developing. But not for the for the technology. It was more for my investigations about uh, motion art and 
uh, an art in general and, and color and composition and psychology. But the tools, uh, I always say that my gifts, uh, most of them are born from little quotes I wrote. I wrote a lot of poetry and I use words as, as main element because words are not image, but they suggest me a lot of image. Uh, I can give you an example. Uh, maybe you know my gift that is um, a wire with some shoes hanging and walking uh, over it. Uh, and, and for example, uh, I wrote a, a quote in, back in then, in 2015, I, I think it was. And it was like, in a world that runs so fast, to stop is to advance, is what I did with my GIFs. Everybody was crazy with 4K video and slow motion and blah, blah. So I chose GIFs. It was um, like giving a step uh, forward, giving a step back. So uh, in this kind of ideas, uh, the ray matter is, is the word. And then uh, for me, the art is not the final piece. And this is the reason we call them pieces of art. We don't call our pieces art. It's piece of art. The art for me is the bridge that I, I have to discover between the idea and my, my technique and my option to do that. So if I think about a, a quote I want to translate in a gift, this translation for me is the art and the piece is the piece of this art of being able to translate an idea into something tangible or visible. And this is the reason I'm not really fun about generative art because I live in really close to a forest and I see a lot of generative art in the forest. <laughs> Let's say that for me, nature is the best generative artist. And I don't like too much because I have tons of things in my head I want to translate and to show a lot of image, a figurative ideas, metaphors and blah, blah. If I was doing generative art, it's more random themes. And then let's say random from my respect, but it's not something you are controlling. It's more something random and then you title it. And this I call this branding, not art. For me, the art is the opposite. It's thinking about the title and then people that see this work, everybody feels the same. Uh, for me, it's really easy to make a, a scribble in a, in, a, in a canvas, let's say, a random scribble and call it anger or call it, call it uh, desperation or something like this. I propose the other side. I propose, okay, I give you a word, let's say happiness, and now paint a paint a painting or a gift or whatever where people can see happiness on it everywhere. For me, this is the art of uh, finding the icons, the archetypes, the composition, the color that makes the, the whole piece, uh, people understand this idea. But the other thing for me is really easy. It's uh, even more nowadays that we have, I have tons of plugins in After Effects that create uh, let's say generative because it's not generative, it's a present. And I seeing a lot of people selling these kind of works as generative art. And this is, I am really critical with generative art. I am saying since, since months ago, because people, even nowadays, I, I woke uh, with two emails with two guys asking for my generative art. It's not generative. And this leads me to think that one, uh, two things, or people does, doesn't know what exactly is generative art or people is being lied. Because I, I, it's something crazy. So about the technique, I, I use this kind of tools that look like generative, but are not. Are just plugins that are maybe particle generators, or I don't know, for creating fractals or so on. Of course, a fractal is random, but I control it. I need the control of any of my pixels on my work. I usually say in a, in a funny mood that I see more generative art in any of Pollock uh, painting that in generative art nowadays digital, because uh, Pollock was the generative device. I always say that our DNA is the code and we are the, the, the tools for this generative art. So uh, I don't use uh, tools of generative art despite people call it. So I love this shift. The last question that we have for you this evening is, 
who do you think, if you had only to pick one, who do you think is the most underrated painter? In, in nowadays or in history? Up to you. Any, you know, if, if there's anyone that you think is particularly underrated or misunderstood in a sense. Uh, I, I can't say it. It's in English, Hieronymus Bosch. I usually name this because uh, he could be doing uh, paintings of kings and this kind of thing that he, all, he also did. But at the same time, he, I love his work because in, in every of his painting, you can see the classic, no, the religion uh, themes and the and the king themes. But he always introduced a lot of metaphors, a lot of idioms. Let's say, uh, you know, he has a, a painting, I think it's called Idioms, and it's a lot of people doing actions. But we have to understand understand the, flamen the flamingo is called flamingo, flamenco, the point of view. Flamingo artist, I, I can't, I don't know how, we, I, mean, I mean, the people who was born in like Belgium and, and, and oh, Flemish, Flemish people. Oh, that, uh, this I mean. And yeah. sometimes we, we, we see his works without understanding this, this kind of themes because they are from their language. So nowadays he's really respected, but imagine in this time, uh, this guy uh, making critics about the, the kings, about the politics, but not direct. It was really subtle. And maybe the kings didn't realize, and, oh, this is perfect, Euronymous. And he was laughing from inside. And another, another guy I, I would like, he didn't die too young. It was Manzoni, you know, the Piero Manzoni, the guy who created the, the, the sheet of artists and this kind of, because he was, a, when I was younger, I, I didn't understood the, his pieces, the, the, like the kind of sheet of artists and, and the long papers. But nowadays I grow up and understood uh, his background, let's say, and he was like, um, like a troll, let's say, is he was playing with the concepts of art of these years. And he died, I think, with 32 years only. But I think he was doing uh, something pretty similar that we are doing now in internet. He's playing with concepts, he's uh, provoking loves because it was a, a kind of a critic about uh, the art of these days. So uh, I, I love the, the, the this kind of, it's not painted really, but because I, I don't have a, a favorite painter and, and, and I must say uh, now in the other page of, of the history nowadays, I must say that for me, the guy who is doing a, a good approach about technique, about uh, formats, and about proposing new kind of art is Lucas Aguirre. Do you know him? Uh, no, I, I don't personally. Maybe, maybe if you see some, he's mixing painting, uh, let's say he paints, then he do telephotogrammetry to scan the painting, mm -hmm. then he he import this this texture some painting into into VR and he sculpts uh, with the paint itself and then the final piece is a, is a mix between painting sculpture and VR so i think the, this when i met him a year ago i was shocked because he's understanding the codes of how to mix techniques not just using a technique to repeat and repeat and repeat and let's try something new and i think nowadays for me lucas I, and uh, is is not doing gifts uh, I, I, I don't only support GIF artists, it's just about that. So for me, Lucas Aguirre is a, a guy who is proposing new dialogues, new words, new spheres for this kind of art. Uh, and, and there is another guy I really admire since long ago, is, is Dave Strick. It's common that I, I never mention big people. For, for me, big people are not the best ones, are just the, famous, the most famous, but not the, the best. For example, I respect people, I understood people. I've been watching people since 10 years ago because for all of us in digital art is a reference, but I don't like people. 
I don't like this kind of repetition of American cultures over and over again. Uh, I understand, I, I, I repeat, I have nothing against people, but uh, for me, it's not an example of, it's an example of money, of how to make your money from your art, but about in terms of art, it's nothing new. It's doing what everybody's doing. Uh, and the other side of people is the one they have uh, 500 followers or 1,000 followers. Uh, it always happened that, that the, the avant-garde is never in the front line. Thanks for uh, joining us for, for this episode of uh, Four is Rising, uh, A.L. Kruger. It's always a pleasure to share my, my inner thoughts because I, I am really aware that when I speak about my work, people understand it better. Uh, and, and on the other side, I love to speak. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Four is Rising. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, follow, and give us a review on your favorite podcast app. Remember to also follow us on Twitter at Floor is Rising. You can reach out to us, send us a question, or just send us a DM on Twitter at Floor is Rising.